Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this is Robert Allen, the business of pickleball, and uh, my cohort, David Feldman. Want to yeah. say hi, David? I'm here, Dave Feldman, editor-in-chief, in-house uh, resident pickleball master. <laughs> That's so. <laughs> yeah. All right, I challenge you to a match, David. <laughs> I'd like to see that. That's not what I heard. We have an intern that's been teaching David a little bit about pickleball. Yeah, we have. An oh, good. An intern, female or male? <laughs> yeah. Male. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, been, he's definitely uh, better than me at pickleball. I'll give him that. So. He's pretty good. He's pretty good from what I hear. Well, David, do you want to introduce today's guest? Uh, there's a third voice that's been interacting with us momentarily here, but we'll all get to know him a little bit more. David, do you want to introduce uh, Gordon? Yeah. So we got Gordon Jones with us from Pickle Zone, and uh, he's doing some pretty cool stuff with tech, which is kind of the focus that I've, I wanted to – it's just been on my mind a lot lately. We're going to be talking about it in the upcoming monthly briefing that's going to drop on the 15th. And so – or, you know, if you're listening to this later, you can go back and look at the the tech briefing that we dropped. But, um, you know, Gordon Jones is doing some really cool stuff. I w- we're, we want to pick his brain on not only what he's doing, but just his ideas and his thoughts. Because uh, he's really dialed in and tapped into just tech and pickleball as a whole. Just get his thoughts and ideas on that. So I think that's kind of where we're going to head in the conversation today. Excellent. Cool. Yeah, Gordon, do you want to just take a second and say hi and introduce yourself? Uh, just give us your your credentials and your your bio. Sure, man. Uh, so, Gordon Jones. So, I have a doctorate in health administration. Uh, my doctoral dissertation a long time ago was how healthcare can adopt the internet into making healthcare better. Okay, and so that was in the late nineties. <laughs> so that's that's not to tell you how old I am. It's just to tell you the experience I have in tech. And how it how ecosystems can adopt all adopt all this emerging tech into their industry and make them more efficient. Even though we still healthcare sucks and is very inefficient, even though we've plowed billions and billions and billions of dollars of tech into healthcare, still still bad. <laughs> um, so how did I get to to where I am today? So um, after the 90s, I started becoming an entrepreneur, and uh, I created the first web interface for a physician billing system. Uh, so before it was all DOS-based, you know, you had to type in your instructions and everything. Uh, so that kind of kicked off. We exited out of that, did another startup bringing some computer-assisted surgery systems out of Israel, um, actually based on Israel missile radar technology. Huh. Uh, that was to help implant uh, dental implants so that was very cool and then a whole bunch of other things uh, both in healthcare and out of healthcare i uh, bought my first bitcoin in 2013 uh, didn't really do much with that from a technical standpoint i uh, just was messing around trying to figure out what all this stuff is and then in 2017 we actually designed a new type of health finance program leveraging uh, the decentralization of blockchain and cryptocurrency. That was called Universal Health Coin. Uh, the only problem, the, 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 the business model and everything was very good. The problem was, was the whole crypto market uh, had their um, 
had our crypto winter of 2018. <laughs> so, and then after that, the SEC started jumping in. We were already going to tick off the insurance companies uh, with our business model. So we didn't want the we didn't want the FDA and the DHA and the HHS and all those guys coming after us, plus the SEC and the FDIC and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so we didn't do that project. But uh, what I started to do was educate my law, uh, my legislatures, the governor here in South Carolina on what this tech means and how South Carolina can build a whole industry on this emerging tech to enhance the economic development of the state of South Carolina. And we've been doing that since 2017. Uh, We even have brought in some Bitcoin miners into South Carolina and and some really cool stuff around all that. But but that all being said, uh, in 2020, I got asked by the Dean of the College of Information and Communications at the University of South Carolina to create a course on blockchain, crypto, and and I added in privacy because a lot of this is all wrapped around, especially data privacy. So I've been teaching that since 2020, still teaching it now. Um, uh, do teach it two days a week for the most part. Um, but I had pretty much retired in 22. Um, and then I got introduced to the game of pickleball at a wedding in February of 23, so a year ago today. Uh, and my cousin, who we grew up playing tennis, and he's been out in California for his whole adult life, and he's been playing pickleball for 10 years. So he asked me if I'd played yet, and I said no, and he talked to me about it and said, it's really cool, you need to do this. And so when I came back to Augusta, where I live, uh, I heard – that our parks and recreation was having an indoor tournament that weekend. <laughs> so I went to Walmart, got me a pickleball paddle. I kind of banged it around a little bit on the tennis courts in my neighborhood, but I didn't play any matches or anything until the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> so my very first match of pickleball was at a pickleball indoor tournament. <laughs> And it was singles. I didn't play doubles because I didn't have a doubles partner. So I played singles. And of course, I got spanked. But I still loved it because I loved the competition. I loved all the people that I met who live here locally that are now friends. Uh, So I started playing a little bit. uh, But then I said, well, you know, I'm retired. So maybe I can make some money off of teaching and coaching pickleball and all that. So I got certified uh, through PPR, USA Pickleball. and while I was going through that process, I said, you know what? There's not enough certified coaches around the country to actually teach the 49 million or 13 million or 9 million, however many people we actually are, are playing pickleball. <laughs> There's not enough certified coaches to teach them how to actually play, right? So they go out to their neighborhood. They just learn by playing. So I said, well, maybe I need to create a course. Uh, I'm not an expert, but I know how to teach. Uh, So I can teach pickleball to the masses through a video course. Uh, Well, because I'm a technology entrepreneur and all that, and I started going down this road of creating this course, uh, I found out about this startup down in Miami called Delphi at Delphi.ai. 
And they were actually cloning, creating twins, digital twins of people. And so I went and checked it out. I met the founders. We've, we got along real great. And so I built a clone of me on AI to help teach my course. Um, and I wasn't planning on doing anything big with that. And then ultimately I met the guys at Pickle Zone, Jude Thomas and Dan Brinker. Uh, and Mike Fox, who are the principals. And they were looking at AI, but they didn't know a whole lot about it. So anyway, so I, I said, well, man, we need to team up and uh, figure this thing out and how we can help augment what you're doing at Pickle Zone. And we'll talk about that later, but uh, what you're doing at Pickle Zone and how you can incorporate this AI explosion to help all pickleball players, even pros, and then all the way down to your beginner novice. Uh, so, so now I'm working, I'm doing a lot of other stuff in the AI clone side, not just with pickleball, but in pickleball, I'm working with pickle zone, uh, which is at picklezone.com. And, and we can talk about that too. But so I bring all of my 40 plus year experience in the tech world to the sport of pickleball. So I love what we're, what I'm doing. Cause this pickleball is fun as hell, man. I just, I just love playing and going out and I, my, 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 my Monday night play didn't happen because it was raining. So we had to play on Tuesday night, which is a whole different group of people that I normally play with. So, so there were new people I didn't know how to beat. So I did get beat because I didn't know how to beat them. So, <laughs> but, but anyway. Well, I, I, one thing I was thinking about when we first met you was in that first conversation was uh, when you started explaining a lot of um, what you were, your background and what you were bringing to the table, I immediately went into club ownership mindset mode okay. where I was thinking, yeah. cause we're trying, you know, I've been working on a project here to try and bring a private club for a long time. And we've been wrestling with different aspects of, um, retention, like first attracting a certain type of player to the club environment and then retaining them over time. And when I saw some of the examples that you shared with us, I was like, this is, this looks like the Holy grail. I mean, it really looked like it saw, it addressed a lot of those things because Dave and I talk about it, and I'll let Dave elaborate on it a little bit, but we look at the the actual facility as like a content platform um, where, you know, you just adjust the dials of, you know, what's being served up to the different avatars inside of that platform based on what their interest level is and how often they engage and what, what they want to do. But David, do you want to speak to that a little bit and then maybe we can get back to uh, some of the questions for Gordon as far as like how his systems do that. Yeah. I, I mean, I view AI technology and how it's incorporating into clubs or how clubs need to be incorporating in, into their business model as, um, you know, obviously pickleball is the main draw, but pickleball club owners need to be thinking of their facility as a live canvas that every square inch needs to be monetized in some way and using technology to do that, um, using technology to increase, uh, to provide upsells, to provide benefits or, or value stacks for their premium memberships or, or kind of however they're going to integrate it into their system. But there's so many ways that technology can be integrated into a, into a club even franchise owners and I, I, you know, we're talking to franchise owners too. And, and I think, I feel like just the people that I've talked to, they're all in a race to start integrating as much tech as possible 
into into like improving not 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 only streamlining the user experience but streamlining their ability to run the club and just kind of streamlining everything so i don't know i think that's a it's an interesting concept that this whole idea of technology and making sure that club owners are aware of how they can utilize this to monetize to better monetize what they're doing there's i i feel like honestly it's like there's just you know people got their fingers open there's money you know falling through their fingers because they're not taking advantage of a lot of opportunities that are out there and yeah anyways thoughts on that so what, one term we heard yesterday gordon which maybe you can talk about is that in some of these um franchise environments they're talking about their business models are based on a tech forward concept where um everything they're doing is going to incorporate tech because they realize that that's the way forward. So can you talk to that a little bit about how you see that and how, uh, you know, your company is addressing that and what your vision for it is? So, yeah. So, so first of all, I want to kind of lay it down. So from my expertise in healthcare, everything was wrapped around the doctor patient relationship Okay, and how does tech help reduce the administrative burden of the doctor and time away from the patient? Okay, and then how does technology help the patient find, get to, and and relate with their doctor and or nurse practitioner or, or primary care, whatever it is? So I see that here in pickleball as. Um, the club and the people in the club are the the owners of the club or the, or the coach of the club is the doctor and all of the members slash visitors are their patient or the entity that they want to build a very strong relationship, intimate relationship with. So that's the way I'm looking at this. So now because of the technology we have today, we can integrate a lot of existing technologies with the new technology fairly easy. So, so imagine this. So you, you've uh, found the club through traditional marketing and you ended up joining the club. So now you're a member of the club. Every interaction with that club now can be driven by some form of AI. I mean, at the biggest level of it, is let's say you're walking around the ai knows you're present you walked in the front door you checked in you're in uh it could identify you so through facial recognition it could say okay that's gordon hey i'm hanging out in the apparel section looking for a new pair of shorts and i have a question and i say hey pickle I'm looking at these shorts, but I'm not sure these are right for my type of play. What do you recommend? And there's a speaker right above me that says, oh, hey, Gordon, how's it going? You know, whatever. Here's what I think based upon your play activity, numbers of times you play a, a week that it already knows about me because I've been playing there for a year or whatever. And it assists me or I'm a new person. And I'm walking around and I can't find the bathrooms. So, hey, Big, where are the bathrooms? It knows where I am in the facility, and it says, oh, well, turn right, turn left, and you'll be at the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, that's just like the crazy part of all this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
the other side of it is, okay, how does this stuff inter, uh, integrate with the club court scheduling system, the membership platform, the point of sale, because all of those are separate systems. And most of those don't actually talk to each other very easily yet, especially in, unless you really find one that's already integrated. And then you have to, you find a really good court reservation system, but you, the point of sale that's attached to it really sucks, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, so you want to be able to pick and choose the one that's going to fit your business model the best, and then they be integrated. Well, AI can do that at a much easier um, way of integration than just trying to do all these APIs and everything. Uh, I mean, it's all API driven, but the central entity there is the AI not trying to do patchwork between the different uh, applications. And so the other cool thing about AI is it knows the facility. It knows the brand of the facility. It knows all of the inventory of the facility. Let's say it also has food and beverage, knows all that. And then it knows me. So it knows which paddle I like to rent or use or buy, what clothes I like to wear, what sandwich I like to order, what brand of beer I like to. In 1230 in the afternoon, after I've been playing for two hours, I want a beer. But if, hey, if I'm here at night, I want a whiskey, right? Or whatever it is, right? And it's going to know all that. I mean, ultimately, just like, have you ever been a member of any of these um, business clubs? Um, city clubs. Yeah. You walk into the city club, everybody knows your name. You don't have, you have no idea how they know your name, right? <laughs> but they all know your name because they train all those people to do that. Well, today's food and beverage, they, the, it's rotating in and out. People don't like to work more than six months and then they go find another job. So I think using AI within the club setting will help build the relationship between the club and the member no matter who's working there. Yeah. Um, it becomes very that's kind, of, that's kind of my vision about all this ultimately is because I like to play pickleball. I like to go to my club to pay pickleball. I like to play pickleball with my community players. Every now and then we might go up to Aiken or Atlanta to play in a tournament, but I'm going with my buddies to play. And then we're just competing with those other ones. So, um, and then that brings in the whole other thing of, okay, well, how do we feed our duper score and all that kind of stuff? So we can talk about that. But, um, but at the end of the day, I see everything being driven around the engagement between the facilities, whether it's a club or whether it's a, or whether it's a parks and rec center or something like that, we can still have relationships with the regular players. And that's what all this will do is help enhance that relationship. So just on one, the thing that immediately comes to mind for me is, you know, uh, how do you, because it's such a a varied uh, dynamic set of demographic, the end user, how do you bridge all the generations and how do you, how do you see the adoption or the, the reduction of friction uh, in the adoption of these, of these platforms in these environments. I mean, do you, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, at, at the end of the day, our demographic 
our demographic right now. So now there are some programs that are starting off in community centers, trying to get the inner city kids to play and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, virtually everybody who's in our demographic for pickleball has a mobile phone, has a mobile device. So everything can be driven at that level. Now, it really sucks that I have to integrate with pickleball brackets, um, 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 court reserve, uh, or whatever other tournament app that that tournament is using. So let me step back. So in the world of decentralized blockchain world, what's going on? Uh, so when the internet was created, there was no protocol for an identity. So what do we use as our identity today? It's usually our email address. Okay. What, what I think ultimately needs to happen just from that perspective is I need to create my digital identity and it needs to flow across all platforms. Okay. So that's another kind of mission of mine is okay. Cause that's the work I've done at the university of South Carolina is what's a digital identity and how do you create your own and make well, it self-sovereign question about that. What about Mac <laughs> yeah. IDs on cell phones? Are, I, I heard those are actually more of identifier than anything else. Is that true or not true? Yeah, but you might be interacting with the entity without, uh, without your mobile device. Okay. Same. So yes, it might be primary, but if that's your identity and you don't have access to your device, then it's good for banking. It's good for that kind of stuff or any fintech stuff that, yes, you have to use your mobile phone. But once I walk into the facility, I'm putting my phone in my locker. Now, I might have my Apple Watch or my yeah. my watch, my fitness app. So that could transfer. But I think having a digital identity that will flow through the different facilities. Like, so these franchisors, the franchisors are picking platforms to operate on. Yeah, And then they're duplicating that in their hundred clubs around the country, whatever. But you can't go from one club to another club because the other club's using a different system. That's right. Now, yeah. now an entity like Duper, you can carry your Duper score with that, but that's because Duper has an uh, the platform that's doing APIs with all these guys, right? But then that's just your score, okay? That's just your rating. That's not your preferences for what time you like to play and where you like to play and who you like to play and what you like to buy. Okay. Yeah. So Duper's not the answer, but Duper's doing the thing for ratings correctly in that they're making sure that they're just embedded in everybody's app. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. So, so from an ident from a personal standpoint, I mean, they it could maybe it is a duper identity. You know, they would love that because then they're going to make all that money. But, but at the end of the day, from if you thinking if you're thinking decentralization, which is the world we're trying to move to, or if you're a blockchain person, is I want to self sovereign my own digital identity, and and we're working for that framework to where that just floats around the internet and everything that I do which would then include everything that I do in pickleball. Um, but that's a bigger thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but we do have to solve that problem. Uh, because, for example, with Pickle Zone, 
I want to challenge David and his intern. So Everett and I want to come across town to play David and the intern. Okay. Andrew. Yeah. Intern. Um, Andrew the intern. We're we're challenging you to a match, which is the pickle zone model. Um, Now we have to find a court. Okay. So is it going to be in your club, my club, or the, or the public courts? Okay. So we find that if it's in your club, you guys charge $10 for guest fees. My club, we don't. We just allow you to come in, right? So the system needs to know that to make that suggestion, okay? <laughs> and say, hey, David, Gordon's club doesn't charge a guest fee. Do you guys want to save 20 bucks and come over there? That type of thing. Um, so that all needs to be built inside the system. Uh, and then it needs to be able to schedule. So if they're using court reserve or whatever, it needs to be able to ping that system find out if there's a court available and make the reservation. Um, and then, Hey, if, if uh, David's club knows that we might be going to my club, David's club might have some kind of incentive program in place to say, no, come play your match over here and we'll give you a, a discount on your beer or something. Um, so there's just a whole bunch of ways that we can actually build inside of that to automate even that whole process. Um, so, so oh, that sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that what Pickle Zone is doing? Is that what that's Pickle Zone? What so that, that is what we're working towards. So we don't want to have a court reservation system. We want to be able to, we want to be able to operate with every court management system. Yeah. You operate above the court management. Yeah. Cause all, what we're focused on is we want to enhance player experience no matter where they are and who they're playing so what we want to do is make sure that we want you to be able to find a player to play and then manage that process of scheduling your play capturing your scores um and that being the other thing that pickle zone does we've created a crypto token a digital asset, if you will, on Ethereum, which is a version of a blockchain, so that we can now, first of all, all of that data can never be deleted. It's always embedded in in the file that's attached to the blockchain. So if you're scoring, you're scoring. You can't manipulate your scoring even if you know how to hack into our system because the scoring's embedded on the blockchain. Um, which then brings trust to the scoring system. Um, but now we have a token that's our reward system. So we incentivize players to play by rewarding them for playing. So even if you lose your match, you can still earn pickles and rewards. Okay. Now the winner, you may have wagered, right? And the winner may have earned more rewards for winning than you did for losing, but you both will still get rewards for activity. Okay. Um, And so we want to do that. So we want to enable the whole ecosystem to adopt this token system so that the rewards. So like if you've got a thousand dollars worth of rewards and pickle zones, maybe that goes towards your club membership. Or maybe that allows you to play in uh, a minor league, you know, bring your whole team to a minor league pickleball tournament um, or buy 
a paro or a rack or a paddles or whatever. So, so that's the other aspect. So on, on pickle zone, uh, we want to, in, in, we want to incentivize players to play. So that's our whole mission. And, and we, cause we want more people to play pickleball and, and we believe that just by using our little capability of challenge matching inside our app, then leads to everything else uh, being used. And then we just want our token to be used within that whole ecosystem. Yeah. As far as the, the token side of it, uh, the gamification sort of aspect of it, how far is that already operational or is that something that you guys? So the token system, the, the, our blockchain, we call it our blockchain operating system. It's, it's already done. We already have an NFT, which is a non fungible token. Your lots of your audience probably doesn't really know what that is, but basically it's a digital asset. Well, that digital asset now currently represents 5,000 pickle zone tokens. And so they could go today and buy the NFT, which when we create the tokens, which will be later in February or March, they'll automatically have 5,000 tokens. Okay. And then that just then kicks off their ability to interact within the ecosystem. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the, so the dash, the blockchain side of it's done our mobile application. We're testing now in what we call an MVP or a minimal viable product. So internally we got people playing with it and saying, well, we need to do this, this, and this. Uh, we're also raising more money. <laughs> so we're, we're busy raising money to pay for all this stuff. Um, we've already done the friends and family. We're kind of on a seed level right now. Uh, we do have people at the table we're talking to. So we're, we're pretty, um, pretty, we're positive that we are going to get invested in. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'll bet. Okay. Well, so, uh, David, do you, as from, from the filter of, you know, software apps, AI technology and, sort of the briefing that you're writing and Gordon's been a big part of that. Is there, is there any aspect of that that you want to ask Gordon about or to elaborate on or to, to think about? Yeah. I, you talk about a lot of, it almost seems like back to the future to type, you know, technology walking into a pro shop and having an AI voice talk to you and give you recommendations and stuff like that. How far into the future is that? Is it, is it, feasible for clubs to, to integrate that currently? Is it like how right, so Yeah. So on the player side, so a player who wants to upskill their, their abilities, we already have a digital coach. So Scott Moore, who's the winningest world champion in the history of pickleball thus far, recent, inductee into the pickleball hall of fame we've cloned scott moore so we now have a digital twin of scott moore and his voice trained on the way he teaches pickleball um so it's not so his clones ai based so it's not going out and doing chat gpt and all that bs it's only trained on scott's training methods and what he teaches so you can already go to picklezone.com and have a conversation with Scott about your play. 
what the vision is. And, and y'all should uh, do that. It's, it's actually impressive to go do it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So what we're what we're working to do is now, so you have companies like Swing Vision, PlaySight, uh, VS yep. Sports, um, AI.io, all these apps that take video of players, athletes in different sports. Um, some of them are developing just for pickleball. So one of them's uh, called Pickleball Vision. They're, they're a startup, two guys. We talked to them, yeah. yeah. So, so they're getting into pickleball. Swing Vision's working on theirs now. Uh, I think PlaySide is working on theirs now. So these guys are all going to be these apps out there that you can use to video your play. And then there are varying capabilities of how they do statistics and, and all that. So we're working with them to say, well, we need this from you. So we're working on that. But, let, but at the end of the day, they're taking video. They can turn that into data. Okay. Uh, backhand, forehand, uh, the position of the paddle to the ball where you struck the ball in the court to win or lose the point, your positioning of you and your partner opposed to your opposition, all of that data pickle zone will absorb through the video stream. Okay. That first of all is going to um, help us. If you want to push a button and send that data, like your match play to your duper score, you'll be able to do that. Okay. You don't have to send it to duper if you don't want to. Okay. Um, and in some cases, like if you're just rallying, it's not going to, that data is not going to count towards a duper rating anyway, but we want it because then what we're going to do is feed that to coach more, the clone. Okay. And then my vision is even real time. You're, you're videotaping your match. Your video data is being interpreted into uh, usable natural language data that we're sending to coach Scott. And then Scott's going to be able to send you a message back through the app, maybe even to your Apple watch while you're playing and say, dude, you need to do this. <laughs> Quit lobbing that guy. Cause he's smacking the hell out, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> and, um, and, and so you can, you'll be able to get feedback from coach Moore. I mean, at the end of the day, it's for skill development not necessarily for match play, but we, because we want coach because we don't have enough coaches. Right. Well, this is, this I mean, is one of those top tier services you were talking about that like got my brain moving as far as retention. You described a scenario where I play, it's all captured on the court. You know, I'm done. I go home, I'm eating dinner. I pull it up on my phone or, you know, cast it to my TV and I watch myself playing and then there's the coach and he's, yes. saying, you know, here's a shot where you could have done, you know, a lob drive scenario or whatever the situation is. That to me is, yes. that is such deep value if you're really committed to getting better as a player and having that environment and that custom experience. Well, and, and you guys mentioned at the beginning that we wanted to figure out something that the industry really will, will adopt and will ultimately need. So even though this sport's been around since 1965, we're still maturing, right? So not necessarily age. Our age demographics are dropping. Colleges are not starting to have clubs. High school. We even have a middle school club network here in Augusta. 
so high school. So these kids are starting to play. So what happens in other sports? So professional soccer pays companies to go out and watch high school players play with this video AI to interpret their talent to see if there's somebody that nobody knows about that they can pick up earlier in their age career, right? <laughs> yeah. We'll be able to do that in pickleball. Yeah. Okay. So if the high schoolers are videoing their play, their practices and their matches through the AI, then we'll be able to identify and maybe render up to one of the MLP uh, teams. I mean, the 13-year-olds, 16-year-olds are kicking butt already. Our, our <laughs> I mean, top like, pro here in, in, in town is a 15-year-old. Yeah, so it's like, you know, and yes, that's good that that kid's bubbling up to the top for potential MLP and, you know, they're getting a lot of publicity and all that. But there might be a player in middle school who has the ability and the talent but not the technique yet that Coach Moore could then – help them become that player. So for example, when I was in high school in my junior year, we started a soccer team, never had soccer before a football coach became our soccer coach. Guess what? We won the state champion for a state championship in my senior year, just the next year. Um, why? Because he went and recruited the soccer players from Erskine college, which was 15 minutes away. So he didn't coach us. He found the professionals to do that. Well, they're not all over the place in pickleball. So we can leverage this AI coaching in order to do the same thing, to start really honing the skills of these kids so that they'll be ready. And we've identified them early to prepare them to, you know, pretty soon there'll be, there'll be college scholarships for this sport. Of course, um, yeah. the MLP will be in every city and they'll be trying to recruit the top talent. I mean, Australia is already building their MLP. Uh, so Scott Moore's son, Daniel Moore, is in Japan doing the same thing. He just got hired by Japan to turn their, um, is it mini tennis? There's another game. I think it, it's there's another game like tennis, but it's not tennis. But anyway, he's the world, this guy, he's Japanese, he's the world champion uh, in this sport. And they're hired Daniel Moore to turn him into a pickleball professional to start playing MLP and build it in Japan. Yep. <laughs> and then China's already said that they're going to start throwing a lot of money to this too. So, so this is going to be worldwide and, and we, need to, we need the technology to help support the industry as a whole. And in particular, the professional side of it, they need to be able to dig down deep into the throes of the millions of kids that are going to be playing this game. I mean, it's going to scale fast. Mm -hmm. I mean, once every high school team has a – because it's easy to do. It's even easier to do than a soccer because soccer, you got to build a soccer field, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pick a ball, you just throw some lines on your basketball court and then have a couple of portable nets and you've got a team. Um, so that's where I see all this going. So, so one, one thing I, I just want to circle back on though, is that, and I'm, you know, it's not, we don't have to have an answer today, but I am curious, like one conversation I had yesterday with a consultant who's uh, advising a lot of, um, 
a lot of new club owners. He's he's um, like Devin. What's that? Devin. No, no, no. It's not. Okay. Devin. Um, <laughs> uh, it's another gentleman, and 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 he was saying that a lot of the conversations he's having are by people that are you know super passionate about the sport. Um, you know, have a you know have the the capital and the finances to do it, and they really are not super savvy on the business side of things in terms of operations yeah. and stuff like that. So <laughs> they're looking for that information. And so guess what? So in the early nineties, doctors practices made so much money. They didn't have to manage their business and then managed care, managed healthcare came in and all of a sudden their margins shrank. They weren't grossing as much money. And because of their inefficiencies, they didn't, they weren't businessmen. They weren't trained to be businessmen. They weren't operating their practices. There was, there was nobody managing these practices that had any business acumen. I mean, it was like their mother-in-laws were running the front office and stuff. Like that. Yeah. Same thing here. We got a bunch of, uh, as a matter of fact, even here in Augusta, we've got two couples who have come together. They've uh, taken over a, a half of a bylo that was out of business. And they're putting in eight courts and they're business savvy, I'm sure. And all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying they're not, but, but they just decided to do this. Right. So they're having to learn, like they didn't come from operating a tennis club to operating a pickleball club. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I think they have some food and beverage in their background, but, but um, so, but anyway, it's interesting to watch them, what they're going through. Uh, it's mostly the build problems, right? So building out the space. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's the problem everybody has in every industry is the whole construction well, side. You know, we, we hope to address like a lot of the, just the foundational business, you know, considerations, the, the principles of building a company, you know, in particular, then, then mapping that or correlating it to, to pickleball and yeah. the business side of that. But that being said, you know, the tech side too is like there's that, that sort of tech gap, you know, some people are um, in different stages of uh, knowledge and then some people are in just pure denial and resistance mode. <laughs> so, and uh, They just want to put some pickleball courts down and play pickleball. That's right. right? Which is fine. That's all I want to do too, man. <laughs> but the reality of what we're talking about, like retention and yeah. actually having that custom personal one-on-one -on -one experience yeah. Do you have, so I know obviously your company is doing that, but what do you think about bridging that gap and shortening that cycle uh, to get to the point where somebody who's not tech savvy or very friendly towards it, you know, starts to look at this and say, Hey, I well, so, so from a uh, learning, so I do learn, I teach, right. So I develop courses and I teach. So at the end of the day, so one of the things I'm doing with Scott Moore's clone, he's got his 40 videos in a course that he's had for a, a year and a half or so now. We're embedding his clone inside the course. So yeah, you can watch a video and kind of get that lesson, but now you'll be able to ask Scott more in depth about that particular lesson. So maybe there's some way to build uh, a coursework on teaching people to operate clubs, which the franchisers are doing that, right? So that's why you pay them 
you know, it'll be interesting to see which one is the most successful. <laughs> well, um, but there's a yeah, lot. There's, of, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of money being thrown into it. Yeah. Um, and some of them are coming to us to help on the tech side, right? So, yeah, so say, hey, listen, we need we need everything. We're like, we're like we're real estate guys. We want to get a hold of this boom. We're we're bought the land and we're you know, designing everything, but we need the tech people to come in and help us put it together. So, so we're already getting some of that too. And that's cool with us because we see how we can, you know, what we'll do is we'll usually bring three options to the table, three POS options, three court reserve options, three food and beverage options, you know, so that owners can choose which one they want to use so that we don't, say use this and then screw up and then they blame us <laughs> and uh uh but then all that we want tied in with pickle zone so that because we're going to be we're kind of the consumer side of it right so we want to serve the individual player and then help them build the relationship with their clubs that are also in our network um so we just want to be able to tie into all those systems uh so the ones that we uh, offer as options will have been ones we've already developed uh integrations with um but at the end of the day it's 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 at it's if if we're not engaging the players so for example we know a northern california guy he just he just built uh i think it's i think he just put 10 courts in a hangar and that and then he's going to put 12 or 30 or 12 or 20 more outdoors, he oversold his memberships. I mean, in like a month. Okay. Our club here, the Hammond Hills Suburban Pickleball Club, uh, we sold half of the memberships we need. I mean, we're full on open night. I mean, we got like paddles up on the fences, all the yinging on open nights. But from a daily play standpoint it's you know it's pretty much open night and then some people go out and play on during the day but just the pack the courts aren't packed so i think it's also um you know what marketplace you're in mm-hmm. what well, on how fast you're gonna yeah that's where some of that tech can really help yeah but that's the whole that's all market research stuff you gotta do you know and um i mean these our club was the second in the whole of augusta to turn to get rid of the tennis courts and turn them into pickleball courts so it's a pickleball facility uh we have six courts uh, there's another one in town where they have eight um and but they're both outdoor so all the indoor plays on basketball courts and rec centers and churches mm-hmm. right yeah and they're not trying to run these things to make money off of they just they're they're the citizens of North Augusta, South Carolina said, we want to play pickleball in the facility we're paying for. And so they put up some tape and bought some nets, yeah, <laughs> you know, and so we can play indoor there, but it's not a, it's not a facility for pickleball. Um, so, so in a market like Augusta, which we have, uh, I mean, the Metro area is about 126,000, but the region area is well over half a million. And the greater Augusta is over a million people. So there's a lot of people here, but they're not playing pickleball yet. Uh, you know, we we might have maybe a thousand 
active players here, I would I would say. Um that are willing to pay a annual membership at some level. Yeah, it's very similar to us. Uh, but that's coming up. I mean, like I said, our our schools are starting to build clubs and and, and play uh, programs, all that yeah. stuff. David, what, what yeah. about your situation? Like, uh, you guys already have a private club. How big is your market? Yeah. Hundred thousand people, probably. Yeah, here in, yeah. like Idaho Falls area. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the local this indoor club does. Um and it's all marketing. I mean, they and there's not a whole lot of marketing they they have to do to expose. It's already been exposed to all the players that play today. Well, um so then they just have to build programs that are going to attract well, like That's it. That's it. That's what, we, that's what yeah. I was going to say. We talked to um a franchise company and their whole thing is a smaller footprint with less courts, but maximizing every hour of court usability. Right. And then, and then once they max that out, then they talk about a second location within a certain proximity. But we thought that was very smart, you know, as opposed to these giant facilities where they're going to put in 20 courts and then hope to fill them. Well, but the thing about that, that's all a real estate play for the most part. You know, I mean, these guys, because at the end of the day, if they build a restaurant inside of it and the rest you build the, so if you want to make money off of restaurants, you buy the land and build the building. And then you let the 25 different restaurants come in and out over the years that are coming in and out. And still, you still own the building, you're doing good. And you just let the restaurant because restaurants come and go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so if you build that, so that's their mindset, right? Is they're, they're building the infrastructure. Uh, Cause at the end of the day, if they build a shell um, with eight courts in it, and then for whatever pickleball goes away, now they got a shell building with eight courts in it that they could do other stuff with. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. <laughs> I mean, put a public storage unit in there. So, you know, yeah. I mean, a, yeah. that's what their play is. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what like Pickler's model is. I don't know if Pickler's actually buying the land because you know y'all go you go back to uh, you go back to the the Crocs, right? So uh, Ray Croc he made all of his money off of the land owning the land under the McDonald's, not from the McDonald's, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's their model too. That's all. All these real estate guys are doing it because they you know hey this is a way to pay for building the infrastructure for something over the next hundred years of the life of that land. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and stuff will come and go and all that. Now, now there are, so what my vision is here in Augusta is to actually create the Augusta pickleball club. That is just like the Augusta national, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the Augusta national hosts the masters. Yeah. So they're a private club. I don't necessarily want to be as exclusive as that. But I want it to be where it's an everlasting generational thing, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. So the generations come, the kids. And that's the other cool thing about pickleball is, hey, I can go play with my granddaughter and include her mother. And we all do real well on the pickleball court, right? Um, um, so if we can build a club, a really nice club environment around that, then it'll be sustainable, right? Um, I mean... <laughs> I mean, all these golf clubs around the country, I just don't understand it. <laughs> I mean, they they have to buy all this land to build a golf course 
and then a club, and then they have to have 20,000 rounds a year to pay for it, right? And But they get it. They get it. They get it. So there's a well, business been, model for picking up. a lot of consolidation in that market, too, because some of those business plans have you know, become obsolete, but yeah, no, I right, get the point. Right. It's, a, it's an so that's natural. That, that's natural based yeah. on the market too, but there's still, there's still guys <laughs> buying land and building them on the rooms too. <laughs> there, there are still guys buying land and building golf courses. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Always be a new boom. So Dave, what else do you want to cover here? And then we're getting close to the end of time here, but what, what do you want to cover? Anything we left out? I don't think so. I think, I think we can pretty much wrap it up, but, circling back to the circling back to the technology and the idea of implementing technology we we kind of got on this conversation where we were talking about pickleball club owner just starting up and moving into the space somebody that has never done this before kind of a novice that's just kind of coming in maybe a land developer that's trying to do it and uh, the thought that i had is there's some there is some sort of value ladder to this technology the stuff that you're talking about Gordon. It is in the future. It's coming, but it's in the future. And these people, these owners, I think they need to walk up step by step in their technology. So the first, yeah. point, the first point is, you know, what's my point of sale? What's my court reserve system? Like, what accounting software am I going to use? What, you know, am I going to have, you know, check-in kiosk or am I? What tournament software am I going to use? Or am I going to use a paper and a clipboard? And right. And they, they need to start making these decisions. And they also need to be aware that there are apps out there currently that aren't, you know, if you're going around and running your league with a paper and a clipboard, there's probably an app out there that can help you automate. Oh, there is. Automate I'm sure you've talked to them too. Yeah, I have actually. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, and then, but then they step up. They step up into, okay, well, now I need some coaching for my players. Well, what are the options there? I can hire some coaches. I can look into AI coaching, you know, like yeah. with what you're talking about with Scamore. Maybe I can even clone my own coaches locally and start working some sort of program like that. Yeah. And then you and then you take a step up even from there. All right, we can even go even further. We can have AI, you know, voice activated video cameras and microphones in our whole facility. I mean, we, right. we can make this like but I I think before people get overwhelmed. I think a good reminder just closing out this kind of wrapping this conversation up with the bow is to my thought was is just, you know, there's a value ladder to tech that we're going to see because everybody's at a different place that's listening to this podcast right now. There's there's somebody yeah. that's thinking about starting and there's also a franchise uh, owner and a franchise, you know, president that's listening to this and thinking like, well, what's the next step for us? And maybe the yeah. next step, maybe the next step for, you know, franchise XYZ that has 150 locations coming up in the next year, you know, maybe their step is, Hey, we need to get with pickle zone. We need to start doing some gamification stuff in our clubs. We need to do this. And the step for, you know, John and Jane Doe that are just starting a, a little, you know, three court pickleball club in their in their local empty warehouse you know the next step for them is probably yeah. not voice activated ai the next step for them is you know we need to identify the apps that we can use yep to to streamline our business and help us run it so that it's profitable 
based, you know, based on our cost per square foot of, you know, in our yep. business plan. So, I, well, and that's what you guys are doing is identifying all those, right? Yeah. That's what. Yeah. So that's cool. Better. Hey, maybe what we'll do is we'll create a course, you know, that you guys have created and then we'll create the, uh, David and Robert clones to teach them. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. Hey, uh, I don't know if somebody can, anyways, we'll have to make some tweaks to me. But uh, anyway, so I was going to say is uh, we can make you look as good as you want. You have a voice for radio, Robert. You have a voice for radio, Robert. You could, you have a, yeah, you do. You have a good uh, voice, Walter Cronkite Jr. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say so. Uh, we'll we'll put a like David said a bow on it here, but we'll do this again. I want to get an update in a while and uh, on how things are going for your project. Um, sure. And sure. well, we're buds now, man. So we'll keep up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. And then if anybody wants to reach out to you, where, where would be the best place to connect with you? Picklezone.com. Um, you can go there. Okay. That's the best. That's the easiest way. And that way they can actually. Uh, Gordon at Picklezone.com if you want to just email me. Okay. I am all over LinkedIn too. So if, yeah, we'll put your if you're in LinkedIn. Yeah, we'll put your links to your bios or your, to your LinkedIn page and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. On LinkedIn, it's Dr. Gordon Jones. So it's real easy to find. Cool. David, anything cool, else? No, that's it. Just want to say thank you to Dr. Gordon Jones for being on today. I've, I've, I think this is the third time we've like been on a, on a call in the last like two weeks. So we're, we're getting to be, and they've all lasted over an hour. <laughs> we're, we're getting to be pretty good buddies. So next time, yeah. next time I'm in South Carolina, I'm going to pickle zone a match. I'm going to pickle zone a match. We're going to find a club. So, yeah. So, hey, listen, I'm speaking at the AI Summit in Charleston, South Carolina, March the, oh, shoot a monkey. I don't have it in front of me. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. March the 26th through the 28th in Charleston, South Carolina. And we're going to have some play over at the Crush Yard. Mm. Okay. Which is in Charleston. Yeah. And I actually haven't told the crush yard that yet, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, when's this going to go out? Uh, probably within two weeks. Yep. Yeah. Make it within two weeks and then that'll send everybody to join us at the, uh, AI summit. Okay. Yeah. We'll put, and I'll start working on, I'm going to start working on crush yard right now to make sure we have some courts to play in. <laughs> and if, if we should put that in the thing as well, I'm going to actually stop recording.